1: It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor, Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer, Corey Clark. More weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Look at all the boys. We're all kind of in our little boxes here. It's like a game show. Or the Brady Bunch, however you want to look at it. But uh, welcome in. Wanted to make sure guys will be doing interviews today with the newer players. So we had to get this in. This is a pre record, but it's day of. It's day of just a couple hours before we'd normally be on. Old school,
2: old school headlines. That's right.
1: And we'll get you, we'll get to your questions too. I think there's some good, I saw a good one right before we came on. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll get to those in a moment. As always, thanks to our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, Sausage!
3: I got a great I got a great DM on Twitter cuz you guys know my DMs are always open. Wide open. Wide and open. uh I I got a message from uh Jarhad who uh said he got some registers. He's Oh by the way, register sausage is really really good. I bought a few packs and uh had it on the bun for the family at a barbecue and it was a huge hit. So he's just letting me know. He's like thanking us for making him a star at the barbecue. Because all he nice. did was break out break out some registers. We're making people heroes, is what we're doing.
2: I gotta hold on real quick. I got a DM too. It's uh I saw you at the gym yesterday. Oh no. I like oh wait, are we not, not. just sharing DMs? We, it's it's gotta be sausage related. Don't, we don't,
3: well, yeah, you know
2: okay. Yeah, registers related, I should Registers Sorry.
3: related. Sorry, and, go uh, ahead,
2: Ira. Uh Get off to a flying stuff.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Corey. Yep. Uh your DMs are a little bit different than mine, man. Right, and, sure, uh, sure. They always have been. But uh, if you want some delicious register sausage and you live outside of the Southeast, go to registermeats.com, have it delivered. They'll have it shipped to you in a cooler with ice comes fresh and delicious. Or if you live in this part of the country, God's country, we like to call it. Yeah. You, can, you can go to uh, a lot of your grocery stores and if they don't carry, it, they should carry it. If it's a good grocery store, I bet they carry it. But if they don't carry it, go talk to the meat manager, heart to heart. Just like, you know, look, man, pull them aside, put your arm around them. Just explain look man this we want your store to be the right kind of store a register store right you need you need to do the right thing and they'll take care of you
1: I like the way you describe that Ira from here on out when we're driving when I'm with the family or something I'll say oh that's a register store they know it what is. they're doing over there they, they yeah. here's a non-register store guys let's just steer clear of this you know don't ever walk th- in there
3: no. You think Ben would be, you think it'd be okay with Ben if we just got some Register sausage logos and just like go to stores to carry it and just slap it on the front door, the window, like without even asking. Like yeah. I mean, I think stores would like that here. too.
2: I, ben would love it. The stores, I think who you'd have to talk to about it, but I mean, what we are they going to do?
3: We don't ask questions at Register nope. sausage. Yep. <laughs> I'm calling out to
1: Ben right now. I want a registered sausage shirt. I want like mm. a workout Register sausage shirt, just yeah. a, the logo right there on the chest, man. I, I agree. It. I agree. I it. Get it done, so, Ben. It's another way to advertise for Ben. All right, how many days till Florida State kicks off, guys? <laughs> less Eight, than 100.
2: Nine. Is it 100? Is it 89?
1: I less than 100. It's, I it's that. way less than 100. Yeah. We're in the, like, guys, it's not that far. It's not that far to the start of college football anyhow. You know, I just got back from New Orleans, and mm. I, um, I was wearing a Florida State shirt in one of the uh, local establishments there, and an LSU fan sat down next to me. And we had hmm. a very good conversation about last year's game, which he attended and was planning to come to Orlando. And so it kind of fueled the fire over a couple of beers. It was a nice conversation. He actually complimented, not that we need it. We don't need LSU's love and approval, but he complimented Florida State fandom. He was like, those fans brought it last year. He said he was very impressed. He didn't he didn't know why he didn't expect that, but he didn't. He didn't expect it to be the streets of New Orleans littered with the garnet and gold as they were. Uh, I said, yeah, man, this place here, because it was in the French Quarter when I ran into him, I said, this was all garnet. There was, he said, yeah, absolutely. He goes, we got we didn't get there till the night before and looked around and was like, where are the LSU fans? So that's yeah. what he said. Where are the LSU fans? It
3: was like a bowl week without the other team showing up.
1: It was crazy. Now, I get it. it They go to New Orleans all the time, and so probably, you know, whatever. We'll just make the drive over. We've been to New Orleans a gazillion times. Plus, FSU fans were starving. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were starving to be good, starving to matter, starving to play in a game that felt big, and it certainly checked all of those boxes. We were starving to win a game like that, and we got it, you know, however ugly the ending was. And, you know, of course, we spent a lot of time thinking about that and recollecting uh, what that meant. But we'll do the same for this year. He said, How's the stadium in Orlando? I told him it was a dump.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's true. But even if it was a great Taj Mahal, you should have told him it was a dump. Right. Try to convince as many LSU fans not to come. I was going to say, how it can't, it won't be 50 50 in Orlando, right? There, There won't be. Thirty-five thousand LSU fans that come to an Orlando game, right?
3: They travel well, man. I don't it, know. Yeah, and I mean, I think that if, if there's uh, if they're distributed that way, like they were, you know, where they each get a certain amount to sell, then I think it probably will be. They're not going to have a hard time selling tickets for LSU fans to come to this game, and the they ended their season really well. There's a lot of excitement there.
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess it's just that this is the biggest game on Florida State's schedule. You know, LSU has three or other games that are this, you know, they, they play Alabama, they play Auburn, they play all these other teams. I just, and it's Orlando and I love Orlando guys. You know, that I, I, I should be on the chamber of commerce in Orlando orange Avenue. Are you kidding me? That's one of the great stretches of road in this or- country. Orange blossom trail, orange blossom trail. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we love. Church street, yeah. We, OBT. OBT church street. Great places. Uh, I mean, it's not New Orleans. I mean, Florida State fans went because it was a big game, but also because of the city and the experience. I don't know that Orlando offers the same experience, but then there is Disney World. So I guess people will come for that and go take in the game as well.
1: Well, they'll come because they lost to Florida State last year. They've been owned by Florida State all time. I think they're 2-8 and eight against Florida State now. Um, I, I think they, you know, they feel like their team, just like we think our team at yeah. Florida State, is going to be a playoff team. They think they have the. They did win the SEC West, and and I I don't know. I feel like they.
3: Yeah, it's a good game, man. Think back to the way that radio guy that Jeff had on was talking before last year's game. Imagine Mm. how he's talking now. Oh yeah, they're they're super fired up. How when you sat down with that LSU fan, how long did it take before Perkins' name came up?
1: They, well, so he was talking about that it was interesting to watch how it gelled over the course of the first four or five games, like how they were disappointed with certain usage of certain players in the first three or four games. And then by midseason, you really, really realized like a kid like Perkins, the studs that they had on this team. And this is what I was saying going into last year. And I'll say it again, going into this year, LSU has recruited exceedingly well for the last number of years and they typically do but they really if you go look at their classes it's rooted in superstar talent their blue chip ratio is off the charts they have a ton of talent so it's not surprising they're good it's not surprising they're going to be good and it is a cool thing that Florida State won that game and now both teams are really really good and there won't be any yeah it's the first game sort of working through some things but both teams will hit the ground running, I think, this year. I think they both know there's a real good chance, oddly enough, and I think we get a question like this next hour, but there's a, I mean, there's an outside chance you'd play LSU again. We keep talking about this with Clemson. I mean, yeah. there's an outside chance you'd play LSU again if you go to the college football playoffs. So I think both fan bases, rightfully, just as you would be if you were an Alabama or Georgia fan or Ohio State fan, I think you're looking at this year as you're a playoff team.
3: I think the one thing I think Corey was right about in his uh, first take, I didn't, I didn't wasn't in totally agreement with him. But one thing I think he was definitely right about was last year the reason the fans were so excited about that game wasn't just like excitement about this team. It was it was a chance to go have a party yeah. in New Orleans, yeah. and it was the location that was a big part of it. Because I don't know, in our heart of hearts, if everybody really was confident that last year's team was going to be a great team or a very good team. I mean, there, a lot of people we thought, why would you know,
2: anybody have been right? Yeah.
3: So, yeah. so it's totally different now. Like you're the fans going into this game. Now, now you go into it with real, I mean, there's money on the line. Like this is a real, there's a real importance to this game and you have something to lose. Whereas I think last year you kind of looked at it as like, man, you got nothing to lose. If you lose it, LSU, lose to New Orleans, LSU in New Orleans, it ain't that big of a deal. And you could still do, you know, you still go eight and four, nine and three, whatever it is. Um, this, this is different, man. There's a lot more on this one.
2: I think you'll have a, uh, I think it's going to be like 65, 35 Florida State fans, but I looked it up. I'm not going to tell you the number of days we are away from, uh, from the game. I'm going to give you a player in his uniform number is the days of, and I think this is right. And this is is a weird Jersey current player. No, no. And it's a, it's a Jersey number that hasn't had a lot of greatness associated with it, but I, and I'm not even sure this is the right number. But I think, I think this is, this is going great already. DJ Norris, we are DJ oh. Norris away days away. So you're going to forgive me when I tell you
1: I
3: don't remember DJ Norris's number. <laughs> Do you even remember him? Uh, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm but... going to I'm going to say 82.
2: There it is, Ira. I Was think that, that's that right. Yeah, that I know. I I think it is. I'm not sure. I for some so reason that's we're the number celebrating
3: that came something we're not sure is correct at all. <laughs> but I, but got, can, it right. I got it right. I did, Ira. I got what he thinks is right, right? <laughs>
2: that's all that matters. <laughs> that's that's how game shows should really work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. sounds
1: about right.
2: Trebek, Trebek is like, yeah, I think so. I think so. That you, seems you got reasonable. the board. You're in the same century. Yeah,
1: that's good.
2: You got the board.
3: Was his number really 82 as a defensive end? Did he originally come as a tight end?
2: I think he came as a D end the whole time. Oh, um, I think he's the one that uh, his mom recorded Ron Zook leaving a nasty message to him when he decommitted oh, from right. Florida to go to Florida State. It was the year that Ron Zook literally got everybody he recruited except for DJ Norris. And I, no <laughs> offense to DJ Norris, but I don't know that he was he anguished too much over that one with the guys that came. Well,
1: apparently, it but, hurt his feelings enough to call the kid and leave a dirty message. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. like a child. Well, um, that was that was Ron Zook. Yeah, you know, you brought up something that uh, I so eighty-two
2: I, days I, away though, Jeff. That's I know. That's not we're we're I told there. You, I
1: told you we were a lot closer than you realized. Yeah. Uh, you were out there guessing the hundreds. Yeah. Um, here, here, here we go. We're we're eighty-two days. And by the way, we're in the seventies until the start of college football. Low seventies yeah. until the start of college football. Yeah, There's Thursday games leading up to everything. So yeah. or mid seventies. But anyhow, we're we're. Right there for the start of college football, guys. Let's just lie to ourselves for the
2: next six shows and we're good. Hey, good job, Ira. Look at that.
1: It's a young Old 82.
2: North. Can you think of another 82? Either one of you, Jeff. I should ask you, I guess. You've been called for. Yeah, so long. you know I, what, Corey? When you said it, I was
1: like, I don't, I can't think. Now, I will tell you. For as much as you and I know about Florida State football history, years, games, players, uh, when they played, what their stats were. We do this all the time together. You're exceedingly better than me at remembering specific jersey numbers. The important I remember, stuff. I remember the famous numbers of, you, yeah. know, I, I, you know, I'm you know i going to get you Peter Warwick and guys like that. But I will tell you, I don't. Kendall Pope. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of jerseys the way that oh, some people remember jerseys from their favorite football teams uh, forever. I've never been a big jersey guy, a number mm. guy. I've ne- never been a big number guy. I've just remembered the players themselves, what they accomplished, and what years they played. Um, but I've never really cared all that much about what number they were. When I was a little kid, I loved the number eight because of Willie Stargell.
3: Oh, Cal Ripken, uh, you mean?
1: Cal Ripken. Uh, Willie Stargell, obviously. Right. Um, and I always had that, and then I loved the number thirty-three because as a little kid, I really Eddie loved Murray,
3: t- Eddie Murray, loved Eddie Murray. <laughs> I love
1: Tony Dorsett. I love Tony oh. Dorsett, Tony right. Dorsett, okay. the running back. I, I really love Tony it Dorsett. Turns out but- Jeff's a huge Orioles fan.
3: <laughs> Who knew?
2: <laughs> yeah, what was Jim Palmer's number? <laughs> hey, By the way,
1: too. I will say, Ira, it, I always love that Cal was number eight as well because if you're gonna have a legend like Willie Stargell be represented anywhere, hey, Cal is cal did the number right he did a pretty gonna, good job
3: you're gonna be nice to cal so i'll be nice to pops for how could for, you be mean right to now? pops he was always so man, great i hate all of them
2: yep we there's all hate
3: do. there's hate in this heart jeff you know that
2: you hate omar marino
3: oh and all of them Mad, all,
2: all of them all of them kit to colby Oh, Bill Madlock, the last, last wearing nerd. You hate last, Bill
3: Madlock? How kind of did Kemp to Colby get in the major leagues? I mean, love though. He dominated he the Orioles in
1: games. Him and Rick Roden.
3: I'm gonna throw 64 miles an hour underhand.
2: Hey, yeah. You hate the Cobra? You hate Dave Parker? Speaking of underhand throwers, yeah, he doesn't hate the Cobra. I, see, he came around. It's hard to hate
3: Dave. Dave Parker.
2: <laughs> Speaking of underhand throwers, it's not gonna matter. Oklahoma is still gonna be awesome. That's pretty sweet. That girl's cool. leaving.
3: Yeah, she's
2: going to Nebraska, which doesn't help anybody really, but uh, it helps the re- I guess it helps the rest of the country that Oklahoma doesn't have the best pitcher in the country anymore. So that's cool. You know,
1: I like that, I, Corey. I got to give you credit. I saw the story, but I mean, you cared at all? That's yeah. impressive. I mean, well, <laughs>
2: only because of what I just watched the week before, and I don't like that team that much. Hey, it's buddy. ridiculous that they dominate like that. Get her off the team, and they did. I hate to disappoint you. They're going to be good again next year. <laughs> yeah, but they, at least they might be beatable because they won't have the best pitcher in the United States. They'll still have the best offense, and they'll have maybe the fourth best pitcher in the United States, but they won't have the best pitcher in the I United did,
3: States. Yeah, I did, and I did want to say one last thing on softball on, on that topic because going back to that, the, like I felt weird just kind of like encapsulating like what happened in those two games. I didn't want to present it in what I wrote that like – they were unbeatable. It was just, it was one of those matchups where you had to get some breaks. Like you can beat that team. Like somebody could have beat Georgia last year in football. If some things went right, but like if the game's just played straight up and you get robbed of a home run, well, you're not going to win that game. I mean, it's just, you know, that was not even a home
2: run, a three run home. Right. I mean, that's, it was crazy. And you got a strike zone that goes to the other dugout. I, I didn't, that didn't help either. I don't, they've got to
1: collegiate baseball. I watched some of it over the weekend, obviously, just here and there. I was pretty much out and about on the town, but I, this happens all the time when I watch college, when I watch softball and I watch baseball, I just think there's no way. I mean, I I get it. It's not professional, but you, you cannot have, it's just not that hard to have a strike zone. I'm sorry. I, I don't understand. I watch these games in college baseball. You've got some really elite teams and elite players Calling balls this far off the plate for those that can't see and they're listening on the radio. I'm about a foot off the plate. Yeah, they're calling balls and strikes, and it's just it. it
3: that's impossible to be that bad. What's amazing is how good the pitchers and the hitters are. Like yeah. we when we're watching at home and you are watching Major League Baseball. If it's one of the channels that has the box and you can actually see the strike zone, right? If a ball is like not even half a ball off the plate or off the off out of yeah, zone they know the hitters know the pitchers know, like you can see their reactions. No, that's exactly where I want it to be. I wanted it to be on the black. It was on the black. I should have got that call. If they can know it that well, like why can't the guy standing still know it? It's it well, and if the lady, even if you want to say that it's
1: outside the box, a quarter of an inch or two inches, as long as you repeat it over and over and over again. And I have an idea that you're calling an inch high or an inch low or an inch in or out. Okay. But, man, it is wildly inconsistent. They miss six inches in, seven inches away, four inches up. You know, you're like, this isn't hittable. I can't hit that pitch. It's in the other batter's box. You can't call that a strike.
2: I can relate to that as a parent. This weekend, we all had great trips. I was in Oklahoma City, Jeff was in New Orleans, and I was in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, <laughs> Brady Brady played a game this weekend against a good pitcher, and he took three straight strikes. I was st- I was standing down the right field line watching the game. I don't like to be yeah. in the hub with all yeah. the other parents, um, not I our mean, parents, but the other team's parents. I'm the same way. I was the same way, buddy. So there's, uh, actually,
3: there's actually a restraining order, I think.
2: Well, that too. I can't be yeah. that close to uh, one of the parents on the other team. But uh, so he takes three straight strikes and strikes out, and he's not having a good season anyway. And I'm like, man, what in the world? And I and he's walking. He's running back to his position. I'm like, dude, I didn't come all the way to Hoover. I don't care if he strikes out. I'm like, but swing the bat. You're here to swing. He's like, dad, they weren't strikes. And I'm like, I know, but we're still here to swing his next at bat. I go behind home plate literally. And the kid's throwing like 82 miles an hour, which is hard for a 14 year old. The first pitch is the exact same pitch that Devin Flaherty was rung up on. Like yeah. it's, it's this far in the other batter's box. Like I have foot and it's on the other side of the chalk can't hit it. And it's the closest I've ever came to yelling at an umpire, which I didn't. I just said Brady, that's a great take, but from now on, I guess you have to swing at it. That's all I said. Um, and it, but I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, I understood it. Like that first, he's slick. Well, he, he, the
3: umpire doesn't know I'm talking crap no, about him. He doesn't idea. realize that.
2: But it's not me telling the the umpire to get the crap no. out of his eyes. Yeah, where he's missing a game. But I was like, at that moment, I'm like, okay, Brady, I get it. Like, yeah, that is unhittable. Literally, it's an unhittable pitch when a kid's throwing that hard. And I don't want my son swinging at a ball that that that's that far outside because he couldn't do anything with it anyway. So but we won the game. I just wanted you guys to know that.
1: I enjoy hearing the parenting trials of
3: <laughs> Corey, Corey.
2: So I will say this the last inning we came back and won the game and right in the middle of a comeback. He calls another one of those pitches that's literally a foot outside and other team's parents that are waiting to play go, Oh Lord. (laughs) (laughs) And the umpire goes, I don't want to hear any of that again. Yeah. And our parents were like, well, we didn't even say it, but they're right. And it got into a whole thing. Yeah. They're aghast. They gassed. are They were. They they are gassed zone. in your strike yeah. zone.
1: It is literally and a foot outside. We got to be I more just... regimented today, boys. We'll be uh, taking a break right now. Oh, little headlines. 3 <laughs> Real Talk Radio. War chant. TV continues.
3: Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. Up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now, To grow your business, no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash Warchant.
1: MLB is in full swing and my bookie is going to be your one-stop shop for all your betting needs. Wide range of betting options, including money lines, run lines, totals, and futures. MyBookie gives you plenty of ways to bet on your favorite teams and players. You can also take advantage of brand new MyBookie money bag, which gives you a chance to secure a bet on your favorite team or player at insanely boosted odds. Sign up today at MyBookie. Use promo code WARCHANT to secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. It's simple. Deposit $200. Play with $300 instantly. Just use promo code WARCHANT to claim your bonus. If you're a baseball fan looking to add even more excitement to the new season, look no further than my bookie. Sign up now and get ready to experience the thrill of baseball like never before. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Hey, hey. So really quick, Ira, I forgot to ask you. Um, so that was, you know, that's an arduous trip there to Oklahoma City to have to turn around really quickly and, uh, and, and hightail. When you're there, uh, do, you, do you interact with any of the Oklahoma fans? Do you get a chance? Do you, do you interact with any of the four State fans? Or are you just all business and out the door?
3: Definitely some Florida State fans. We actually had a lot of headlines fans, War champ fans, Jeff Cameron, Corey Clark, Aslan fans. Mm-hmm. Cool, uh, cool. Aslan that, uh, fans. Yeah. yeah had uh, a, awesome. yeah. Had actually, I don't oh, no, Actually that was at the camp on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. wasn't in Oklahoma state, but on Sunday at the camp, one of the parents told me that uh, they were looking for Aslan, but, um, but you know, man, it's uh, it was awesome. People actually came up to the press box to say, Hey, um, and, okay. uh, you know, talk some fans, you know, just kind of milling around some of the parents, and then also – but, yeah, I didn't interact with a whole lot of the Oklahoma fans because uh, especially after I tweeted about the strike zone uh, and I got, I don't know, 10 million Oklahoma softball fans screaming at me on Twitter, I decided to – you know, when I walked in the stadium, I just kind of put my press pass like in my pocket and uh, and made my way in. So they
1: would debate debate that strike zone?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those were all strikes. One guy – Oh one, well, that's ridiculous. one guy one guy actually went and like he somehow like got digitized the 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 video of her pitches to to show that it was really weird it was, it's like he had some sort of software to make to show the 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 arc of the pitch and he was trying to show that those pitches were actually strikes that they just broke that much yeah from the between the plate to the glove it oh, yeah. went from right oh, over the plate to in the other batters. That's
2: box. why she's the best in the country, gang. Her her ball breaks six feet
1: in a matter degrees. of,
2: you um, know, uh, yeah, it basically goes ninety degrees. It's like uh, Lee Harvey Oswald shooting <laughs> yes. a bullet from the yeah. book depository the book depository yeah. building. It's just a magic ball that goes sideways as soon as it gets past the plate.
1: I like the fact that there's a fan out there who's used to dealing with people like Ira.
2: And well, here's he's, he's got his he's got computer
1: he's, program. He was just waiting,
2: he was itching, he was yeah. itching for all these Florida State guys to bitch yeah. about the strike now zone about, about his beloved Oklahoma softball team. And they now, are a lovable group, uh,
3: <laughs> they sure are. Here's yeah. the thing, this is the th- part I really don't understand was like, all right, well, you guys were Florida State fans in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys oh, are yeah. kick, kicking everybody's ass, just kicking ass on the daily, right? On the if, daily, if you ran into a fan who was complaining about an officiate a call in a game that you guys won and you guys are rolling to a national championship. Would that consume you? No. Would you feel like you've got to put together the Zapruder film to (laughs) prove that it was really a strike? I mean, it's just crazy. You've got, you haven't lost a softball game in four months. You're going to win your third straight national championship six in the last 10 years. You're a dynasty. Why do you give a crap what anybody says about a bad umpire no and nobody said the umpire stole the game from Florida State. She was terrible for both teams yeah, but you're they were consumed by it. It was just strange, man really I weird. don't
1: think I, I think it's this thought of being put upon like this idea that we're not recognizing the greatness the greatness what it is and uh-huh. somehow making excuses and I don't think listen that and and people do that in general they they get out of sorts if somebody disagrees with them. Or just doesn't or doesn't see the world in the way that they see the world. And it's really, it's polarizing. We see it all the time. But it's especially polarizing online. Of course, you're going to mm. run into people like this online. You know, I mean, I have a feeling mm. if you're standing or, that's why I asked if you interacted. I would right. be curious. If you were sitting with an Oklahoma fan and you're like, wow, that's six inches off the plate. There's a good chance they were like, yeah, that's a terrible call.
2: <laughs> I would think. You would hope. Yeah. But maybe not. It's hard to know with that group. I'm I just, did I, mean, that... I, think, I think the fans might be a little bit different than the
1: players or the coach or, you know, or the online presence. Here's I... Jeff trying to defend Oklahoma fans. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm he you, this is what he does. It's well, what he does. I, I, I certainly don't like that Oklahoma softball team, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, right. I feel like this is in general true. Like when you go places and you talk to fans and you're standing oh. there with them, it's a lot different
3: than interacting with them online. For sure. Especially when you look like Corey. You know, I mean, the people are just going to back right down, but I did,
2: <laughs> I or did get s- my DMS or slide up in those DMS. Yeah. I did
3: see a great, I thought I was going to see a great Karen moment. Um, this was pretty funny. Like I was watching from the press box. I Good just chance to see at it.
1: a softball game. Ira. Yeah, oh, chance, might.
3: <laughs> So this lady was in the front row. She had seats in the front row, kind of on the third base side, but close to home plate, but on the front row. Well, the photographers were all jammed up behind home plate. Like, you know, they're all like in this one little area, but they're kind of overflowing a little bit. And this one female photographer is blocking this lady's view. So the lady, like, doesn't just walk over to her and ask her, Hey, could you just move over? She, like, stomps over. I'm watching this whole thing, stomps over, starts yelling at her. And the, the photographer's like, Look, I can't get into where I'm supposed to be. I have to shoot the game. Like, I'm sorry. And I get it. Like if you're in the front row, you want to see the game. She obviously, sure. I don't know how she got front row tickets, but it was obviously went to some effort and expense to get them. But she, instead of just like calmly, like talking and then going, maybe get an usher or something. She goes and sits back down and it takes pictures from her seat to show the girl. This is what I see. Like, so she's showing her her camera. Like this is you in my view. And the, the girl finally gets up and walks. Like she's like, okay, I'll, I'll move. So she walks. And the lady just kept going after her, like she kept, like she was fixated on this girl, and and she's like, like that other people are getting their views dis- disrupted, and it was just, and then she started coming up towards the press box, and I what? was like, man, I was, I was, I, I, it was like, she was waiting for this moment,
2: you know, mm. yeah, and, this uh, was her moment to, uh, g- so Karen. I was really,
3: I was kind of hoping it was going to go over the top, like I may mean, I get some video, but uh, it didn't, it didn't escalate. There you go, far Oklahoma enough. fans
2: would have been mad about that. Oh, here I, he is. I, taking video of our fans. Was our it an Oklahoma fan? The hell out. Oh, we it's hate. definitely an Oklahoma fan. One oh, thing okay. I will tell
1: you is that people, whether it's a football game, softball game, or a concert, people are very, or the movie theaters, people are very particular about their seats and about how their seats are affected by the people around them. I was at the Sanger Theater in New Orleans to see Ryan Adams and the Cardinals, whole family, right? So we had these balcony seats. It's a hundred-year-old theater. It's a beautiful place. Walk in. And the guy says, oh, you guys are right there in the front of the balcony. And I was like, cool, because I got balcony seats right in the center. Uh, It's a really, I always wanted to sit in the balcony for a concert there Mm -hmm. and just do this. So we get up to the second floor and it's section C. And the guy says, oh, listen, uh, pretty much uh, they sold out the entire bottom and just very little of the top. So sold about 2,000 seats for this theater. Sold it out for the bottom. We really didn't sell that many up top. So here's what we're going to do. You can sit anywhere you want up here because there's only going to be a few hundred people. And so you've got anywhere you want really, as long as it's beyond this row. Well, oh, okay, great. So we we get positioned. So I knew this was going to be a problem because, yeah. because fast forward, conscious five minutes away from starting. Now the bottom is completely packed and people are starting to come up to the top. And here you go. This woman and her, and her boyfriend come walking over and she's like, you're in our seats. So then I was like, perhaps, perhaps that's true. We, we, we might be in your seat. But we were told by that gentleman right there, and I pointed to him, that any of these seats are available to us. So if you'd like, we'll just move back one row, or you could just take the row behind us, or you could take right here, or I can move over four seats, and we can all sit snuggy together, despite there being 200 empty seats right around us.
2: And she was like, well, but that's my seat. Well, which is, but I, but I, the dude that was talking to you, is in the wrong. That's a crazy way to operate. Like, wait till the concert starts and the people that have the worst seats can move on down to wherever they want from their actual bought seats. What's crazy,
1: though, is that all around me are empty seats.
2: Yeah, well, right. I got you.
1: So even if you think that I'm making it up because I just want to steal their seats, like, you'd be like, okay, I'll just sit right here. This wide ass open seat that's behind the one that, or because I offered it, you can have that seat. She's like, no, but this is my seat. I'm like, no, I, I get it, I get it. He was telling us to move here. We were, we weren't originally in these seats. He told us we could move here. Yeah, but these are my seats. I'm like, oh my
2: god, but these You're are my dumb, seats. You dumb ass. Sit. Yeah. Just go <laughs> sit over here. Um, well, I think the thought there is okay. I'll go sit in these seats, and when those people come for there, now, I got to get up again because I'm not were, in my original seat. It was wide open. It was wide up. open. I get it. Some people it. don't have people, critical thought.
1: People are real. Yeah, common sense evades some people.
3: I yeah. did like on our flight back from uh, Oklahoma City on my. I think it was a flight to Charlotte. There were a couple of families that wanted to be together but didn't have seats together. And usually they like, buy
2: your tape, ti- buy your tickets together. Then <laughs>
3: usually, usually the flight attendants will like ask like, Hey, would anybody help this flight attendant was like not having it? She's like, uh, no, they're going to sit together because the parents need to be with the kids. So come over here. Like she wasn't asking anybody. That she is re- awesome. Re- I, I was all for it. I was like, go, go get it. So she, cause we don't need to sit here for an hour and debate it. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, let's make it happen. Be it authoritative
2: awesome. about it. Get him to another seat.
1: You yep. can't be willy nilly. That's the whole key. That's I. Like, that's true. When you're committing a fraud, when you're just walking <laughs> past the uh, guard, you got to do so with authority. Oh, like, yeah. I, I belong on the field of the Super Bowl. What are you looking at me for? I'm yeah. walking out. This is where I go. Or, this
3: is where the- I am or the kid that pretended he was a kicker and went in Jimbo's locker room the a same
2: Yeah, a big time recruit. Or the guy that stole Brady's jersey out of Didn't he go into the the, the when they beat the Falcons in the Super oh, Bowl, thought, he went I, and stole Brady's jersey.
3: I thought somebody stole your Brady's jersey. I
1: was like, "Oh what? no, nobody
2: would dare do that. That thing's too valuable." You would think it's too valuable.
1: So, so uh, I want to bring up Florida State recruiting in a second, but we're going to do it on the other side of this. Seminole headlines Ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues.
0: Ships Registry, Bahamas.
1: Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. I want to cop to something. Uh, you know, I, I talk about this now. I got to be careful how I talk about this because I'm not trying to denigrate people who are super into recruiting. Certainly you would, no. never you no,
3: would never do that. No, I
1: wouldn't do that. that. wouldn't do that. Yeah. Not on WarChant.com. Nope. Um, but, but I am not super into recruiting the way that some people are. But I realize that's not true. I think I just wasn't into it in all the years we were bad. So <laughs> now I catch myself like a fan going to the site I work for to catch up on the caliber of players that are visiting Florida State at any given time. And I go through the names. Now, I'm not, I'm not watching video, Ira. I'm not breaking Mm. it down. I'm not looking at all their video from their high school games. I haven't gone that far yet, but I am. I I do look at certain players and then I look at the caliber of those players and I my chest swells with pride as I recognize how much better this staff is getting at recruiting the high school ranks because they're going to finish there. If you look at where they'll finish this year and then also what's being made possible with the caliber of players that come to visit now, because of the wins on the field, like if you project, what, what what would we say is the least amount of wins this team could have? Nine.
3: If 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 they have less than nine, it's got oh, problems. if they
2: have less than yeah. nine, I'm ripping Norvell without like horrible right without yeah. horrible injury luck, like then yeah. yeah, I would say eight or nine at the bottom of the floor. yeah no, yeah.
1: there's a there are some problems yeah. to discuss if we we're out yeah. here losing three or four games with this roster and yeah. this schedule that we got a problem. We're going to have a different discussion, but anyhow, the point would be, I don't want to turn. So negative likely,
3: but you so say you're likely going to have 10 plus wins.
1: That's the point. So yeah. now, now you've got wins. You're racking up the wins in back-to-back seasons and the standard of success has been altered, right? The bar of success has been altered to where now it's a It's not even a second thought that you're figuring yourself when we go to 12 team playoffs, you're figuring Florida state, is a mainstay in a 12-team playoff with the momentum they have, the successes they're about to have this year. Again, without terrible injury luck, then they ought to recruit a top five class go into next year. Like we'll see what this year's is top ten, certainly top seven, maybe. But then the following year, I'm guessing top five because winning begets winning. You just keep doing. This, this is why these other classes are so elite at places like Georgia and Alabama. They've been winning, and they've got good recruiters. Now there is a part of that, but I think that's only going to get better for Florida state. And I continue to get really excited about now because the comparisons I do on the regular are, are we good enough to beat Alabama? Are we good enough to beat Georgia? Are we good? Is Florida state good enough to beat the best three or four teams in the country? That's where you're striving to get to. Well, that can only happen and it's not going to be a thing where you can always use the portal. It can only happen if you're building a strong base and use, utilizing both opportunities, the portal being one of them, and then obviously a strong base from the talent that's in the state of Florida. And you're starting to see that now just by the visits. Look at the caliber of like receivers and running backs and defensive backs that are coming in to visit. Look at the quarterback, Cromenhock. That kid's that a stud. Like They're getting those guys now.
3: Yeah, and, it, and it's not just for this class. Like you said, it's, it's those classes right. behind them. Like this past week when they had an elite camp, they had – incredible players that are in the 2025 class, 2026 class. And again, those guys are coming up on their own dime now to compete in your elite camp as sophomores in high school, uh, because this is where they want to go. And, and and you just got to keep it rolling. And it's funny, man, I was talking to somebody at the mega camp on Sunday about how really remarkable it is that they turned it around. Um, and the reason I said it was because like, I was, I was listening to Papucha's coaching, right. And he's screaming at some kids. Yeah. And I was thinking like, Popovich's voice—I mean, imagine it would grate on you, probably, right? Mm. If, if you were a player, because he's got that—it's just such a distinct voice—and he's always screaming. Yeah. He's an intense guy. Yeah. But once you have Jermaine Johnson, and then you've got Jared Verse, and then you've got Patrick Payton, like I bet the kids love that now. Like they want him to coach them because they see what. And so it's just—it's pretty remarkable when you think of like the to come into a program, go three and six go five and seven, but then flip it. And now like it changes how recruits even look at you and how they, how they view you It change what you, those results on the field change everything, man. And like you said, if you can have another year on top of it, it's, it's only going to get better.
2: They and, uh, and I don't, these camps, they didn't get any commitments from this camp. Right. But I, I don't know that they were ex- expecting any, but it, for the people that don't aren't that familiar with recruiting, Jeff's right. Just getting these guys on campus is a step. The next step is they all commit in mass and everybody, you know, everybody celebrates a top two or three recruiting class. But for now, the biggest step is getting them here. Right. And then you continue to play well on the football field and the guys that showed up for your mega camp and then come on an official in the fall will be committing to you. That's how this, that's how the game works now. And uh, it's just a big deal that cause two or three years ago, a well, lot of three years ago, they didn't have a camp, but two years ago, they weren't getting this caliber, were they? No, no. and
3: it was—it was that's the thing. They called it their elite camp, mm. but it wasn't yeah. all that elite. Like right. the players who were there not all that. Now that it's an elite camp with elite prospects. Yeah, this is my larger point about me
1: lying about not caring about recruiting. I was paying attention two years ago. The caliber of kids—they weren't getting yeah. to come to these camps, and it was pissing me off because the only way out of the hell we were in. Is to get the future to come up here and interact to learn what you're all about to hear your message to see your style of coaching to have one on one opportunities with them, because he had had such a precious little opportunity to travel throughout the state when he first got here didn't have relationships, the staff itself really wasn't anchored in the state of Florida, so you had to get kids here. And let them know we're not going to be bad forever. I got a plan, man. We're moving in this direction, because the one thing that clearly stood out was that those people who sat across from Mike Norvell and others, Alex Atkins, for example, were impressed. They did come away intrigued. They wanted to hear more. That explains how you got yeses from people in the portal for a program no. that had sub been sub five hundred <laughs> was because their messaging their messaging worked. And so when they weren't getting, as Iro was pointing out, they were calling it their elite camp or their mega camp. Nobody, there, there were a lot of players here that you were like, "This is an average ass player." Going to that's a three star kid that's going to go play at Southern Miss. Yeah, good for him. I mean, he's still better than ninety nine percent of the people that are playing high school football. I get it, but that's not the caliber of elite player you got to have coming to your camp if you're going to flip it and become a national contender. And so. I was getting worried because last year, it came, going into last year, if they had not had that season, guys, he's a dead man walking. I said it over and over again because you would not get kids to come to camps. They wouldn't believe, and they'd say, listen, at some point, I love all the things he has to say, but you guys haven't had a winning season. I'm not coming here. I'm being recruited by Clemson. I'm being recruited by Georgia. Why would I come here? I don't care if he's a great guy. So they had to have that season, and they did, and they're about to back it up with another, I think we, the three of us think, a really great season. I, I would be su- i would be surprised if they don't win ten games. Somebody so, asked
2: me. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you, Jeff. Yeah. Somebody asked me on Wake Up, Board Champ, would you have rather beaten Oklahoma twice in Oklahoma City, or win the Cheez It Bowl? What's what's and the thought being. Obviously, your first instinct is obviously because of who that Oklahoma softball team is. Well,
1: Also, it's for a national championship.
2: Correct, but 10 wins, I, I don't think we can overstate just what, I mean, it's just a bowl game, and they didn't have half their team, and you didn't even play all that well. But getting to say you got 10 wins, finishing top 10 in the country is an enormous deal when you're trying to do that, when you're trying to climb a ladder, I thought. I still probably, probably lean towards Knocking off that softball team just because it's a bowl game, but man, I don't think you can overstate how big those last two two wins were to get to ten wins. Even if you didn't play well, uh, Jordan Travis certainly did. But what it did for the momentum going into next season, in the in the hype, because the hype means something, man. It doesn't mean something once September third, eighty two DJ Norris days from now, it doesn't mean something. But it does in the six months, seven months leading up to it. It gets and, uh, I, it, it makes your program matter again.
3: I thought, and I thought Norvell and the coaching staff were really smart uh, during those bowl practices. Remember, the players started talking about how they had the 10 win signs in the yeah. locker room yeah. and they wanted to add their year. That's something that the players didn't notice that, man. Those guys walk by those pictures and signs, and I don't know how often they actually look at them, but coaching staff definitely pointed it out and said, look, that's the standard you want to be, we want this team. You want to be remembered. You're on that wall. Every time you come back for the rest of your life and you bring your kids, but you're one of those teams. And that was huge for that team and to help them prepare for that game. And, 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 and I also think, you know, the Florida game and the Oklahoma game were huge because even though they didn't look great, nobody's going to remember that. Like fans, like hardcore fans will remember some of their issues. They were didn't love defensively or whatever, but the, all you'll see is wins, and those are big name teams, and you got wins against them. So yeah, I, mean, I, I think those are huge.
2: So softball, you're saying uh, you would take the football uh,
3: softball national championships? Tough to say no to, but uh, I think when you think of the what's important to a program and like the a website.
2: Landscape. What's important to a website? Perhaps
3: uh, I'm going to say to a program. Uh, okay. I, I would say the football might end up being more important, man. Like that. That that's a. It could be a big deal because I th- I don't know if the recruiting. Success would be the same yeah. if you're coming off an 8- or 9-win season. It's funny because I have opinions about non-playoff
1: bowl games or BCS championship games right. and things like that. And a lot of times I think we make too much of bowl games and they feel important to the fans, but a lot of times they don't. We've seen statistical evidence that teams yeah. that have lost a bowl game and then turned around the next year and yeah. went undefeated and teams that have won one didn't turn around and you know, have the kind of year they were hoping to have. But I'm going to agree with both of you here because I changed my mind after that game when I saw the way Florida State was characterized by those covering college football across the country afterwards. It did create in the minds of many this idea that Florida State was about to take this huge leap uh, and, and go from being just a good team and a nice story last year to an elite team. And I think if they had lost to Oklahoma, perhaps that would that storyline, that narrative would not have been told. Uh, across the board the way that it has in so many outlets this this off season i mean anybody that covers the game has written the florida state story yeah. uh, you know we all go on shows we get asked to go on shows it's the first thing that comes up when you're on somebody else's show in a different part of the country like well florida state certainly ended well last year with all those wins and you got the win over oklahoma oklahoma's a name even if they were having a bad year and half the roster was out what it also does though and i agree it was important but i think because they had their troubles against teams that had good offenses or teams that had some equivalent talent, it does kind of change things. It puts these games now are on a different uh, place. The radar is up because you realize they got to get better. They've got to get better. So they're going to be held to a higher standard this year than they were last. Last year, they just had to have the year and you need some breaks. And they got some breaks and they made their own breaks in some cases and they won 10 games. They've now got to execute better. If you're going to beat LSU and you're going to beat Clemson on the road or in the ACC championship game, and in, in, let's say you make the College Football Playoff, you're going to be playing different caliber of teams. You got to play better against good teams. And so it worked both ways. It benefited you, but it also now we can hold them accountable for taking the next step. And let's see if they do that.
3: Yeah, I think you know, and you we had this argument, like you said, we had this argument ten years ago, probably on this show about do bowl games matter in terms of momentum. And I think at the I time. I think it might have been
2: 13 years ago or 12 years ago It was the uh, South Carolina win.
3: Right, right. Like, and Corey, and what
2: did that mean going forward?
3: Right. And Corey and I were on the other side of it, but I, I later came to agree with you. I don't think it has a tangible impact on the next season, but from a perception standpoint, it does. And I, I think, think perception
2: and hype, yeah, though, that, yeah. I think that matters. Yeah. That's right? where that, it does matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because God, you got that you got the perception around the country right. that's a team on the rise. And that beating us beating that SEC team, South Carolina, um, beating them like you did, and then getting to that tenth win. I think that was their tenth win ninth, that season. Ninth, I, think. I thought that got to ten. I think it that was ten in gymnastics last year. Right, you're right. You're, you're like, right. oh man, that's why they're preseason number four in the country. Now it was a year ahead of schedule, and they weren't that good, it turned out. But it got all that hype. It got them. it helped them probably close. With the number one recruiting class in the country, I just think every win matters, especially late in the season. Now it's different now, though, man, because these bowls are so ridiculous when half the team isn't playing. Yeah, but, but also for like, a team that's trying to come up—that's
1: that's the point. team is trying to come up. That's, that's, uh, that's 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 you're, you're
2: it doesn't matter. Up. It doesn't matter to Alabama, and it doesn't matter to Oklahoma. Honestly, right. yeah. it mattered to Florida State yes. in a very specific instance, which was last year—a tenth win. It's more a confirmation of what what you're building. And it also gets the hype going. And I just want to say this to all, all the Oklahoma softball fans out there that are listening. Um, Suck it. I, I said this on Wake Up War Chant, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. Hey, congrats on your softball titles, guys. But Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley left Norman. And so did the best softball so pitcher Jordy in the Ball. country. Yeah. So did Jordy Ball. What is wrong with Norman Oklahoma? That they're the mass exodus of greatness. <laughs> Maybe.
3: Maybe it's not them, it's you. Yeah,
2: exactly. But hey, but hey, hey, hang out on Twitter and and do your Zapruder films about how that was really a strike, even though it ended up in the other batter's box.
1: Hour number two, headliner questions forthcoming. Stay with.